Hello and welcome to this week's edition of BPM Pod, the podcast where we get behind people's music. Thank you very much for joining this episode. It's really great to have you here. I hope you're doing well out there. My name is Ashley Scrace Vendel, a communicator, musician, singer, songwriter, failing comedian, general irritant to everyone. And I'm really glad that you could join me for this episode of BPM Pod. First up, it may sound like I'm a little bit ill this week, and that's because I am. And it may also sound like I was ill at the time of recording this episode, and that's because I was. So, uh, yeah, I've been ill quite a bit over the past few months, which is uh, strange because I never normally get sick. And, of course, it does occasionally affect the podcast. However, on this episode, the excellent answers and insights and just stories from the person sitting opposite me really pull it through as we talk to Dean Schweitzer of the band or the studio project, I guess we can call it Tidal Wave. Dean and I sat down at his apartment. There was kind of an emergency apartment. Um, his apartment had flooded, so he was moved into some sort of emergency accommodation. So we uh, met there uh, in a nice place, nice space. And there was a lot of stuff going on there, very personable for something that was only supposed to be temporary. And we had a great time talking there in the lovely Berlin sunshine on a very cold but bright Saturday afternoon. And we talked about new metal, music from the 90s, his aims as a musician, and a big part about mental health and how important it is to maintain good mental health. And just a quick note on that, because you normally hear this at the end, but remember, you are an amazing person. People do care about you more than you probably notice or think sometimes, and someone somewhere unequivocally loves you. So do remember that, and do be prepared for quite a few snippets about mental health and depression and struggling with the pressure of life as we talk to Dean Schweitzer of the band Tidal Wave. Here is what happened when we met. My name is Dean Schweitzer and uh, I go by the name of Tidal Wave as an artist name. Um, and uh, the stories of uh, where do we where do we go from here? Yeah, um, so let's let's begin like in, let's begin with your background, which we just started talking about before we literally pressed record here. Because mm-hmm. I thought you were British German, but you're also French, or like how does how does it work? Tell tell us a bit about your, your um, story. Yeah, I was I was born in France uh, from a German dad and a Moroccan mum. And um, yeah, lived there till I was about 20 years old and then decided to move to the UK where I lived for a good eight, nine years. I'm not sure. Um, Then decided to move to the US, 
then decided to move to Germany and and all, here and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, still trying to do the music thing after failing in every country. Has it been <laughs> failing in every country, though? It, if it, it either has been failing in every country and you've been really good at lying about it or you're being too hard on yourself because your actual sort of presence is pretty big. Do you think so? Yeah, I think so. And it looks very professional. You've got a like, bunch of good music out. Well, limited amount, but it's still like really well produced and well made. Yeah. Why do you say why do you say you failed in every country? Um, I guess um, yeah, I guess I don't know. It's 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 one of the things that I've been experiencing the most in the past year. Actually, is uh, you know I I need to cut down on social media. I guess <laughs> you know the whole like comparison trap. Yeah. I think that's 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 the that's the big one. Um, but no, for sure, no, you know, definitely come a long way. At least in in the last few years, I think probably I was I was shit for the longest time. Um, and kind of, I think probably when I came to Berlin, I kind of decided, okay, I need to step up my game a little bit mm-hmm. and, um, still nowhere near where I want to be, but, um, but definitely looking back, um, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Yeah. You know, started from. Yeah, it wasn't so good at the beginning. So it's, it's a bit better now. But I mean, everyone gets better, right? Or, well, you should. Let's hope so. Yeah. But then, what? Tell us about your musical journey then, from when you weren't very good to, to where you are now, stepping up your game. Um, I think, yeah, I think for me, it all starts with. It doesn't really start with that, but I think uh, when I was fourteen years old, um, you know, Nirvana was really popular at the time, and I kind of thought, fuck. I want to be this guy, you know, I want to be Kurt Cobain. This, this looks so fucking cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess the problem is since you're a musician, you know that, you know, um, everything that looks easy definitely isn't, is oh just God. hot yeah. as fuck. So, yeah. you know, and it's, it's always this kind of thing where you can, you know, um, the most talented people you think, oh, it's just because they've got a lot of talent, but that doesn't work either. <laughs> so yeah, they, they, they were probably very talented, but they also worked really hard at, you know, other craft and to get where they wanted to be. So, so yeah, no, I think, you know, I picked up a guitar when I was 14, started with an acoustic guitar because, you know, I think the first thing that I discovered by Nirvana was the uh, Unplugged uh, album. So I was like, okay, I started with an acoustic guitar, uh, got out for Christmas and just kind of played that for, I don't know, a month or so, decided this is shit. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's just so fucking hard to play this thing and it doesn't make any cool sound. You know? This is crap. So, Some of us still play it, so like, calm down, man. I know, but I just kind of like, okay, well, can I, can I just return this thing, you know, and just return it to the shop. Um, and for the same kind of price, I managed to get like, a, you know, kind of shitty, you know, um, electric guitar, the, f- the first thing that you can buy, and a little amp. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that made a lot of noise, and that was cool, you know, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and that was it, you know, it was, you know, I already knew that I wanted to do rock music. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's when I started with the guitar, and you know, and then for the next 20 or so years, just tried to write one decent song. So then if you're growing up 90s wise with Nirvana, then 
I guess a lot of your influences are the sort of like early mid '90s alt rock kind of indie rock movement, right? So I get or yeah. new metal as well. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly this. Yeah, just started with Nirvana. You know, biggest influences I guess would be. Yeah, bands like Nirvana, Radiohead, Smashing Pumpkins, that's yeah. a big one for me. Yeah. And then of course I was right in the middle of the new metal thing. I was a teenager doing the whole yeah, new exactly. metal thing. So, I mean, come on, Limp yeah. is fucking awesome. Limp is <laughs> the thing is, right, you're not the first person that I've spoken to like on here who likes Limp Biscuit. It's making, you know, I think for the longest time, it was like you could not say that you like Limp Biscuit. No. But new metal is making a huge comeback at the moment, yeah. which I think is fucking, I mean, it's fucking awesome. Like, yeah. I go. I mean, I personally go to shows to just fucking get in a mosh pit and have a good time. <laughs> I, I, it, it's weird, but I, I physically I cannot be the person that goes to that goes to a gig and just watches a gig. That's very difficult for me personally. It's very it's very hard. <laughs> we can never go to a gig together. Yeah. <laughs> I know it varies from person to person. I mean, I'm, I, to be fair, I recently went to see Muse, yeah. um, and it was the first time in my entire life that I sat down at a concert. Um, but they've got such an amazing, you know, show and light show. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, actually, this is kind of cool. You know, like I'm sitting down, I'm just kind of enjoying the show. It was really yeah. nice. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I just, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's something for me with rock, for me that I find creates a really physical reaction. I, you know, I feel like I'm in not really living the music if I'm not right there, you know, kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> elbowing yeah. people. <laughs> but no, I'm glad, I'm glad that there's someone who sort of mentioned the sort of early mid nineties new metal kind of like alternative rock movement, because like a lot of what I grew up with, well, this we're now again in late nineties, early two thousands, really, I guess. But then Foo Fighters post Nirvana, obviously. And like, if any sort of modern rock artist says they're not influenced by Nirvana plus sort of Foo Fighters mm. as a, as a sort of, you know, epilogue, then they're lying, like yeah. totally lying. Mm. It's just not true that you're not. Um, <laughs> And then Oasis were big, obviously, when mm. I was younger. And then and the whole Britpop thing with Blur, The Verve, stuff like that. Mm. Then I liked a band called Feeder a lot. Of course. They were really good yeah. at the time. I still like them a lot. And I played them the other day and someone was like, these are good. I was like, yeah, like, listen, they, well, all their earlier sort of single-based stuff is better. But yeah, you know, they're good. Check them out. Mm. Um, and then, you know, Offspring, Blink-182, more skater kind of rock. But um, yeah, I'm, so I was really glad when I was like, reading about you and sort of searching around like someone actually knows the shit I'm talking about like this is great <laughs> and Limp Bizkit is one I didn't even think about mentioning <laughs> but, but yeah like you say something that at the time I think was quite uncool mm. a little bit and a bit of a joke I mean because mainly because Fred Durst is a bit of a joke yeah. <laughs> but actually yeah like you say it's become kind of accepted as just like fun easy to listen to yeah. good Heavy rock, really. Heavy rock slash rap slash... It's kind of blends a weird genre of stuff. It's just, it's just the... Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's just the, the music itself is so... It's just energetic and fun. Yeah. I guess it's a fun element for me that is great. You know, yeah. like, I'm not looking for the heaviest stuff or whatever. It's right. just like, okay, we're going to go one, two, three, four, and everybody's going to drop. Let's fucking do that. Yeah. It's fucking fun. Yeah. And uh, for me, that that's actually one thing I'm really trying to bring into my music and definitely during the shows because it's like, okay, guys, we're just going to do this thing. You build up anticipation and then we're all going to jump on four. It's going to be fucking great. Why not? <laughs>
what about the band today? So how's the band like made up? So Tidal Wave is, is it fair to say it's more of like a personal project and then you kind of just form it with people you play with or like um, is it solid touring band members now? Um, the way that it's always worked, I guess, was, I mean, <clears throat> you know, that's kind of like why it's, I've just decided to kind of cut the crap and say, okay, I'm a solo artist, if you want to call it that. But mm. yeah, that's, I see it more as a personal project, but you know, for the longest time, I was trying to do the band thing with people and, you know, and of course, you know, kind of recreating it in every country was could be a pain in the ass, mm. to be honest. Like mm. you just, you know, you know, it's hard enough to find one musician that you're happy with. So finding a, a few of them to form a band is it's fucking hard, especially when yeah. you have no, you arrive in a new country, you don't have friends, you know, yeah, you don't exactly. have. So, you know, that was, that was always the hardest thing, but also... Also, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I always, I always say, you know, like, um, you know, being in a band, it's like, you know, being in a marriage with like three or four more people. You know, <laughs> it's hard enough to do that with one person. Imagine doing that with three other fucking yeah. people. It's just absolutely impossible. So, um, so I kind of just decided, okay, it's, it's, it's not really working for me. And it's, it's always really, and you'll find out in, every single band you have one person or two people it's really their thing you know mm. they, they write the songs and they push the thing so I kind of thought okay I'm just going to completely assume that and I'm just going to accept that this is me and I'm just going to try to present that as a personal project and at the moment what was really, what is really cool I've, I've actually been playing with the same kind of people for the last one or two years now mm. and uh, it was a completely random thing like I had no more band and I just kind of decided to take a different approach i was like okay instead of instead of like trying to try to go well i have no one to play with who can i get and kind of like settling for mm. you know something that's like well can't get anyone any better but yeah you can play the guitar mm. um i just kind of thought okay i'm just gonna look around the berlin the berlin scene and think okay who's cool who would i like to play with and just shoot them a message and say, hey, look, I've got this coming up. <laughs> what, what do you like playing more? Like bigger venues, smaller venues? Because you say you've now become a little bit more picky, so you can't just say everything. But, but what, what do you prefer? Um, I'll tell you what, I think... Um, I mean, genuinely, at this point, I would say they <laughs> it's really difficult. I think, like, you know, I mean, so far, the biggest thing I've ever played was a 3,000 venue. Yeah. Not going to lie, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but having said that, in the same year, I've played, like, a 50-person venue, which was, you know, kind of packed. Yeah. And it was fucking awesome as well. Yeah. Um, I think eventually, you know, I think, you know, being on the big stage, other than the fact that it's, you know, um, yeah, it's quite a lot more comfortable as a musician. It's mm. like, okay, I've got 3,000 people in front of me right now. I can probably make them do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. It's that kind of power, yeah. which is fucking amazing. It's yeah. like, and, and for me, it's always this kind of, I always have in my, thought, in my thoughts, I'm like, okay, what if I tried this? Yeah. Could, could it work? Yeah. You don't know until you've tried it. There's always that kind of like uncertainty. This might like, be the only time you get to try it. Exactly. So, so yeah, like, let's 
I don't fuck it, let's just do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And the crazy thing is that most of the time it will work. Yeah. You know, like it, it doesn't fucking matter. You're like, okay, people, well, then we got to do this. So I want you to do this and this and this and this. And most of the time it's like, of course, there's always going to be people that don't want to do it. But most of the time, like people have a good laugh. So they'll mm. be like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah. And it's like, it's fucking amazing. You know, yeah. especially if you do something fun and you see that people are having fun. Yeah. Then it's like, this is fucking great. You know, this yeah. is what I came yeah. here for. So um, for me, it's not so much, you know, the way that I see live shows is, yeah, it's great. I'm going to present my music. I'm hoping that people are going to like it because, of course, you, you put your heart and soul into the whole thing. Yeah. But it's more like, OK, can I, you know, can I turn those 30 minutes that I have with people into some kind of like, really, for me, that's the important thing, that like a, a really good memory that, you know, you're going to go home after the gig and think, oh, I had a good time. You know, do, mm. Oh, mm. do you remember when that happened? Kind yeah. of thing, yeah. Um, because if for me personally, if I go to a show and some cool st- stuff is happening like this, I'll be like, Yeah, I'll be like, Oh, I went to see that band, it was fucking amazing. I recommend it to my friends, or I'll bring them around next time. So it's mm, like, mm. Oh, This was a good laugh, mm, mm. and um, same kind of thing with the small little shows, you know, that you're definitely a lot closer to people, so you know. It's, you feel as an artist, you feel a lot more judged. You don't really, you know, you have that uh, physical uh, distance that's not yeah, there anymore. Yeah. But uh, it's also quite, it's just then a lot easier to crack a joke with yeah, someone exactly. as well. You know? So yeah. it's, um, I don't know, I would say, I don't know, until I become the Foo Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, someone asked me that before, not necessarily just about gigs, but just about presenting to people or like being in front of audiences. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you prefer in terms of audience size? And I think there's this assumption that like bigger crowds are more nerve wracking. And in some ways it is because of what you just said, like, you know, will this thing I'm going to do work? Will like this, will everyone in this audience like gel with me or will I suddenly have a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand, however many people suddenly turn against me. But I generally find that bigger audiences I'm, I would be less nervous with. Yeah. I kind of feel like you can share the embarrassment a little bit, like with everyone there. Yeah. But small open mics, even that I play now, like with just like 20 people in and someone sat like four foot in front of you, makes me nervous Absolutely. as fuck. Absolutely. Like, I think for me, like that was the, yeah, that was the thing. Like, honestly, like 3,000 people in somewhere, I almost want to say, I think your mind doesn't really quite adjust to it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're playing to a lot of people, but they're not right there in your face. So you know it's yeah I, the weird thing is when that happened i was kind of like really not nervous at all yeah uh whereas as you say open mic i mean fucking hell i i, I, I might come back to them one yeah. day in my life but i don't miss them <laughs> See, i do it's, like them still but they're, they're nice they're, they're, i mean because there's no bullshit with it and you yeah, can yeah. detect very quickly whether someone's good <laughs> or not I have to agree. I'm Which saying like, as the but, performer, yeah. oh my God, it's but, just oh so nerve wracking. It's, I guess it's nice. You have to go through it. Yeah, it builds character. I think like if you can Definitely. take that on and keep on going after that, then I think like that's such a, that's such a, an important step in every musician's career Definitely. Know, to go through. Yeah, I'm a little bit of the shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I'm a little bit distrusting of musicians who haven't played sort of open mics or played in shit empty bars and yeah. stuff. I mean, I'm, and partly, I guess it's jealousy and envy that they've sort of stepped up to some audience straight away. Of course. And part of me is probably a little bit envious. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I do feel, like you said, there's some level of character building or cutting your teeth, like mm. in really sort of playing these shitty dive bars and still giving it all. It's a journey, right? Exactly. But I really like something you said on your website, actually. I wrote it down. Here. Okay, sure. This is where I got my phone out. 
Um, rock and roll is easy. It only requires your total commitment. The best of it isn't necessarily the most technically advanced or conceptually elevated music out there. Mm-hmm. It just has to mean something to the people doing it to have any hope of meaning anything to the people hearing it. Mm-hmm. Is that completely true? Do you think? Do you? Is that sort of a philosophy you still? I would say hold with you. For me, best case in point would be Nirvana. I mean, it's probably some of the simplest music out there. Um, I mean, he, I mean, pretty much all of his songs were more or less four chords, um, but the melodies were super catchy. And, um, and you know, the meaning behind his lyrics, for me, were pretty good. Um, yeah, I think so. I think, like, you know, ultimately, like, like I was saying, I overanalyze and overcomplicate things where, you know, I mean, that's kind of like why I, I would almost, you know, sometimes I'm thinking, why am I not, why did I decide to go down the pop punk route? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, we're going to go one, two, three, four. We're going to yeah. play those four fucking chords we can make dumb lyrics about shit but if it's gonna have a little na 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 in the chorus of a simple simple melody and the thing is I always imagine it must be fun to play and if you endure it it's fun to listen to as well so Mm. yeah maybe I've missed my calling whatever but um, (laughs) but I don't know man like I think yeah I think ultimately it's all very simple um, which makes it hard Mm. yeah (laughs) Speaking of which, things that are simple but actually hard and this sort of apparent contradiction. Another thing I saw was you talking, a recent sort of, I think it was a post on Facebook because I do research this stuff, like believe it or I'm, not. It's I'm, crazy. I'm, I'm really surprised how like, of course you are. Like, just turn up. Like, okay. Sometimes I do, but so whatever. you're not a typical musician. <laughs> sometimes I just turn up. And we've talked a lot on the podcast before about how typical musicians are the fucking worst because they'll just turn up an hour late with no prep whatsoever and think the fucking everything's going to go brilliantly and I'm like no I hate this I hate, I hate this mentality and other musicians let all musicians down because of this mindset anyway whatever but I saw a blog post uh, or like a Facebook post I think it was about you were talking about sort of energy and creativity and like passion of music and I think you posted it around mental health awareness day mm-hmm. or something like that um, and you said in it that music gives you the most joy but simultaneously the most frustration yeah. How do you balance the frustration to become joy? And when does joy become frustration? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, good question. Um, I think the process of creating, writing something new is incredible. And when it, com- when it all comes together, this is fucking amazing. You know, like, um, you know, I, th- I think there's a reason why you just take, I don't know, a simple riff by ACDC or whatever whatever they've written I'm not sure anymore I know but I can't think about it but and then you just you just like you have a simple chord progression and you're just going to put a beat on it and it's like this is fucking great you know it's like okay it's it's creating this in me it's making me want to move it's giving me energy it's putting me in this kind of mood so you know every once in a while like I write something and it's like this is really fucking cool you know I did that and um, and then immediately you want to share it with the world because it's like hey see I've I've done this Mm. and then if Mm. people say it's good it's like this is fucking amazing yeah Yeah. Um, I don't don't know what else I'm sure there's lots of other things but I, I don't know it just creates yeah for me it creates a lot of joy it's like this is one of the things that gives me the most joy in life, for sure. Mm, mm. Um, then when does it become a frustration? Then when does aside from I guess writer's block and stuff like that, normal stuff. But absolutely, yeah, writer's block. Yeah, of course. You like you know you like uh, you know when it's one of those days where you yeah like we were talking about you can't 
write that fucking melody mm. then you're just gonna you're gonna maybe gonna listen to a lot of other songs for inspiration but it becomes the complete opposite it doesn't inspire you you're just gonna think i fucking hate this yeah. like why why does it seem to be so so simple for those people yeah who have written those amazing melodies and why can i not just find three fucking notes to put on this chord you know yeah. whatever it is so i think yeah i mean for me yeah i've been talking a lot about mental health this year in, in my social media content uh, because I think it's affected me a lot more this year than, than it had before. Mm. Um, but I think it's it's this kind of thing where it's like it's like this big mountain. You think you're getting closer to the top, and then you realize you're so fucking far away from the top. That's the problem, you know. Mm. Where you never they're, they're, because I guess there there is an art of in many things. Yeah, there is no finish line. I no. guess that's the thing. Like you always start on a blank page. You know, even you can have a great day and written a great song, but then for the next yeah two months you're not writing anything that's half decent. Mm. Mm. And uh, I think that's yeah that's why it's really hard. I think that's why it's it's tough mentally because you. I mean, that's the trap with social media, comparing yourself with others. Mm. And it's hard not to do mm. um, with social media, I find. But also, like, on a personal note, like, you have to, yeah, just keep going, not let things affect you and just think, okay, well, just because it didn't work yesterday or for the last month or whatever, doesn't mean that I cannot keep on going. You just Yeah, it's just it. persistence, right? It's good. Yeah. Like, and, but I could definitely tell that, like, with you, like, and just with your attitude, like, you've definitely got this sort of, Worker ethic of learning. Well, I hate that phrase. Actually, I really hate it. But you've really got this sort of yeah, just this persistence. Like you're not really going to give up and let it sort of dominate you. But I guess you still have bad days where you're just like, "Fuck this shit." Of course, like, yeah, can't be pretty done. much all the time. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the no. thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, all my girlfriend ever hears is me saying, "Oh, I'm shit. I can't sing. I look like shit. I can't write a song." I mean, that's all she ever hears. Yeah. So I guess like the audience would hear the the. the when things worked out, that's mm. when, you know, they get the positive of the social media or mm. at the gig, you're only going to play your best songs or whatever. Mm. But, you know, the rest of the time, you know, I mean, literally like before a show, you know, that it's just a million questions to, yeah, why am I doing this? I yeah. can't even sing. I, I, yeah. I look fat. I look, you know, yeah. it's just yeah. like this yeah. absolute doubt. And I don't think... I, I, I mean, I, I would like to think that even the most successful artists are still there. I don't, I don't know if you really completely outgrow that. Mm. And if you do, can you still be successful in some ways if you're not like mm, mm. not constantly doubting yourself? I don't know. I don't know. I think you probably get to a level of comfort, but it comes with such a level of fame and fortune and just, yeah, overall comfort. I think that it's probably quite laid on. I mean someone like Springsteen, for example. I mean, he's just released his biopic film, like Western Stars, mm -hmm. and he's been talking a lot about how he sort of feels this level of comfort. But I'm like, yeah, but it's easy for you to say, you're one of the richest, most successful, legendary musicians of all time, of and will be considered so for potentially hundreds of years, actually. Yeah. So it's quite easy for you to say you've accepted yourself because you've found <laughs> that comfort, right? Course, yeah. But um, for the rest of us, it's not that easy. Mm. But... um. But do you talk about mental health? Because I noticed in some of your posts, you mention it quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Uh, is, is it sort of something you've come to terms with yourself and like you've brought out, I don't know, you've accepted like that this is in your life and, you know, it, your mental health is impacted? Have you sort of embraced this vulnerability, I guess? Um, I think... I'm or still, have you always been like that? No, no, I, I think I'm, I'm still very much in this journey now. Um, and like I said, it's it's for me. It's only gotten worse in the last few years because I guess 
you know, again, I always mention the social media thing, but like you're always going to make uh, this thing that's completely wrong of, you know, um, kind of comparing yourself who's, you know, at the top of their art or whatever they can do mm-hmm. to you who's kind of like at the bottom or in the middle or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, this is, this is a complete... This is completely a wrong comparison to make. It's, it makes no sense. Yeah, your rational brain is like, why are you doing this? Yeah, why are you doing <laughs> yeah. this? I think that's the thing with, with mental health, like generally, or your brain or whatever. It's like, you know, you shouldn't do it, or you know, you shouldn't compare yourself, you shouldn't think like this. But it does, I find personally, it doesn't matter how many times I tell myself, don't do this, or even if you read about it, it's like, hey, it makes complete sense. I know it does, but yet my brain doesn't want to kind of yeah. accept it or whatever. So, so I think I think um, what's been interesting in the last year or couple of years is that actually a lot of people have come out talking about it, mm. and it's kind of given everyone a chance to actually put a finger on what it is. Mm. Uh, because, like I said, I think it, it doesn't really matter. I've, I've noticed whether it's anything that's that's um, that's requiring a kind of level of performance. I've noticed like sports people or musicians, or whatever, any kind of artist, of course, I find are dealing with very similar issues because, you know, you're demanding a lot of yourself. And so what have you got next then in your sort of musical journey to this like nirvana kind of divine level? Yeah. What's coming up for you? Um, what's coming up is, um, so I've, I've actually been doing a lot of writing this year. Um, and it was kind of like, you know, again, trying to separate what's good, what's not so good. And, um, and right now I'm kind of, I guess, You'd call it I'm playing the Spotify game because okay. what else can you do as an artist these days uh, Spotify dictates everything mm. <laughs> um, no so um, you know I, I think Solace for me was a good it was an experiment in many ways because I kind of thought you know I'm, I'm just doing everything myself so I'm writing arranging recording promoting mm. you know at the moment it's just me I would like that to change in the future but at the moment this is what it is so mm. I have to deal with that but um, and I kind of thought okay because I've always been interested in promotion mm. and marketing and all that kind of stuff uh, luckily lots of musicians are not interested in that kind of stuff and I thought oh fuck this shit this is horrible mm. uh, but I actually am mm. <laughs> so I was like okay with Solace we're gonna see it was kind of like um, a test for me to see how to release music with Spotify, how to really promote a song mm. with social media and kind of like present the story behind the song and all that kind of stuff. And it worked out pretty well. I mean, the song got picked up by a pretty big Spotify playlist, which was really nice. Uh, got a lot of streams. So that was, that was really pleasing because it was a lot of work prior to releasing the song. Mm. And a lot of work afterwards as well of promoting the song. Yeah. And uh, and we're talking about just one fucking song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took me just so much time yeah. <laughs> to do that. Um, so what I'm trying to do now, now that I've done this little experiment, I, I'm now I'm just going to try it again with new songs and maybe tweak the approach every time to see, okay, what works, what doesn't work. Mm. And uh, just release singles 
Um, and those singles might end up forming a part of an EP or an album in the future or whatever. I'm not mm. too sure about yeah. that. But I mean, it's, it's definitely, I think as a newcomer artist, I think the way to go is kind of like singles and EPs and and really kind of like presenting. It, it's really about telling the story and communicating that with people. Mm. Um, the number one mistake that musicians do is, oh, I've got a new song out. Check mm. it out. That's me. Normally, but yeah. <laughs> That's me normally. It's fine. No, 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 but it, it's okay. But, but it okay. just takes no. But it just takes a level of effort and time that I honestly just don't have. I understand. And it's kind of just like I think it's also a confidence thing. Like I don't feel massively confident in the stuff I release, and I know it's not perfect. Mm. So I am a little bit self-critical and kind of like, ah, here it is. But it's a Frankenstein of a song. Hoping like, they will do well. Hopefully, hopefully someone will like it, kind of thing. So yeah. I think it's mostly a confidence thing, but. Like you say, the amount of work just to get picked up with one song is fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really hard. I mean, I literally, like, I had a, a Google calendar where I wrote literally on, you know, every day or every two days what I'm going to say and where I'm going to post what. And so I had a whole wow. calendar for, filled up for two months yeah. for, a one, for one song, which could have done a lot better, could have done a lot worse. I had some okay results with it. I thought I'm quite happy. Um, but yeah, that... The amount of time it took me to think. But at the same time, I'm very happy that I did it because, like I said, I'm, I am interested in, in, in marketing and promotion and all that kind of stuff. And for me, ultimately, um, yeah, I'm the kind of person where, you know, you, you only have... You, know, you only have two currencies in life. You have time and money, really. Yeah. That's what yeah. I find. Yeah. So you can say, okay, this is the song. I'm going to call someone and say, hey, can you promote that song for me? I'm going to give you money. Mm. Uh, which is cool, but I've always been more interested in, okay, how do they do that? Yeah. And checking what they do, kind of studying what they do. And I'm like, okay, well, I can probably do that myself. Mm. And I'm mm. going to try to do that. I might not do it as well, but I'm going to learn about it because that's going to give me, mm. it's going to bring me value. Mm. And the way that I see it is then I can use that value with other artists or other people mm. and say, hey, look, this is what worked for me. Maybe we can work together because that, that's one of the things I'm interested in also is working with other artists and mm. kind of like mm. working on the whole promotion side of things. Mm. So, so that's, uh, for me, that's been really interesting. There's still a lot to learn, but uh, it was a very nice learning curve. So that's kind of like the way that it's going for the next year. I've got a few songs ready that I'm happy with. I'm right in the process of recording them actually. Mm. And then start releasing a lot more often because as you mentioned, there's not much music out <laughs> for me at the moment. No, but I think that's a good way to go. And this sort of single route of really like actually pouring time and effort and probably a bit of money into like promoting songs on their own seems to be the sort of way to go. I kind of think the album format is sadly and regrettably dying, which annoys me a lot, but it's yeah. it's just not what the trend is really. It's not, yeah. I think, I mean, still, you, I would love to be able to say, okay, here's my album. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, you can, you can say, okay, this is, this is what I put 10 fucking years of my life into yeah. this thing, you know, yeah. like, and here you go and just fucking take it. Yeah, <laughs> but I must, I mean, I hate it because I'm more of an album guy and would rather just sit and listen to an entire album, and I still do. When I buy new vinyls or something, I'll actually put on headphones normally and just listen to the whole thing, yeah. start to finish. Um, but that's kind of like a musical meal and music's become a bit of a pick and mix not a pick and mix sweet stall not really a dinner so yeah, yeah. it's uh, 
yeah, you've got to adapt, and I think that's a pretty good way to go with it. But where can people find out more? Shameless self-promotion time. Where or when? Where? Where? Oh, well, and uh, when? Where and when? Uh, just I, I'm I'm trying to keep up to date as much as I can with the, with the social with my socials. So Instagram and Facebook. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to post a fair, fair amount. I'm actually really trying to share as much as I can at the moment about you know writing new songs and the recording process, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, because I think you know. It, it, you know, it, it takes a lot of work and effort to do that. I mean, although technically you just turn on the camera and that's it, you just do it. But uh, but I think for me, that's that's kind of like the, you know, sharing the journey, mm. I think. Um, I think it's, uh, it's become an important part for me of just saying, okay, well, this is what I've done today. What do you think of this, et cetera, et cetera, and get people like involved uh, into your journey. I think that's that's a big part because... You know, at the end of the day, you know, if you are, yeah, if you're a big band, you have promotion and everything set up for you. If you're newcomer artists, you know, all you really have is, you know, a few people following your page. Yeah. It's probably always the same people that are going to comment on your it content. Is, anyway. it's, yeah. always, it's always the same too. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but I think, you know, I think it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Like if you have somebody that you, a personality that you like or you like their music or whatever you're kind of interested in what they're doing so you know when they bring you into their world and you say oh this is what life is for that person you become a lot more relatable it becomes a lot more interesting mm. to you and you kind of think oh I like what this guy is doing I'm going to support them mm. um, and that's the way I see th- I see things all the time it's like um, you know I, I like I like big artists, but I like a lot of smaller artists. And I like, I think what you're doing is really cool. You know, I like, I like your songs. So I want to support you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the way. I, that's the way I normally. So you're on Instagram and Facebook, and you've got your website, right? And it's all just under Tidal. Is it Tidal Wave or Tidal Wave Music? Sometimes uh, so Tidal Wave Music on yeah. Instagram, something else on Facebook. But it's actually pretty easy to find. Like I managed to find okay, it all pretty good. easily, to that's be good. honest. Are you ready for quickfire questions? Nice, I've never tried that yet. Okay, we're going to do it. Okay. We do it with everyone, so we can do it now. So here's where we insert the gunshots. Oh, oh, right. go, on. go on then. Question one. Song you wish you had recorded? Oh, oh God. It could be serious or really stupid. Someone said happy birthday. I was like, that's a fucking great answer. Oh, yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, probably too many to mention, but yes, just yesterday I was talking about um, Firework. By uh, Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Yeah. You were talking about you were talking about uh, pre-choruses yeah. and chorus. That pre-chorus yeah. launches that fucking chorus so well. Yeah, yeah. The verse is actually not very good in that no, song. No, the verse is have, really has no melody at all. It's kind yeah. of it's like pretty boring. But yeah. then that pre-chorus comes. Yeah. Da, da, some people go really pretentious with that so i'm glad you picked something a bit more poppy and relatable it's no, good. Okay. It's good. Uh, band or artist you would like to tour with ah oh, living or dead Okay, I think in terms of the kind of music that I play, uh, probably something like Breaking Benjamin mm. is pretty close to what I do. Uh, something that I would personally fanboy over would be Deftones. Okay, that would yeah, that would be cool. That would be like yeah, fifteen year old me would be like yeah, it's cool. 
So you like things sort of having a cool sort of metal rock sound. So I guess you've got some gear somewhere that you use and rely on. What's your favorite piece of gear or instrument? Um, good question. Uh, yeah, probably just, just a guitar. I mean, I'm really not into gear at all. What do you play guitar-wise, actually? What's your uh, normal axe? That, that's the problem. I wouldn't be able to tell you. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's like some cheap Japanese uh, copy of a Strat. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, I have no interest in gear. Absolutely not. Wow. That's good. It's a nice grounded approach. I still play my Squire Strat and I have done since I was like 16 and that's the one I keep going back to all yeah. the time. Yeah, that's it. I'm okay. not very pretentious about it. I'm like, no, it's a... You know you know, Biffy Clyro? Yeah. Uh, what I love about the Simon Neal, the, the, the singer guitarist, is that he's, he's a bit like me. He's like, um, he doesn't give a shit about gear. So, and he has like a guitar tech and I saw that. It was really interesting. And uh, so basically... When he wants a new sound, he said, hey, can you just do me something that sounds a bit like this? Yeah. And he's like, it doesn't have anything to do with the pedals. But then the guy's like, yeah, is that good? He goes, yeah, a bit more, a bit less. And that's about it. And he has three, when he plays live, he has three pedals in front of him. And one says, clean, and then loud and louder. <laughs> that's all he has. That's great. It's like, yeah, I want to fiddle with buttons and stuff. I just want something that works. And yeah. I'm exactly the same. I'm like, yeah, just make it work. Yeah. That's good. I like that approach. Yeah, it's not for everyone, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't care. If you could just, and the last one, this is a new quickfire one. It probably isn't quickfire, and you probably would need to think about it a bit more, but okay, try sure. to just be off the cuff with it yeah, as I'll much try, as you I'll can. Try. There's always good album titles, band names, song titles. If you had to write an album or a song about your musical journey right now, <laughs> what would the title be? It wasn't worth it. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> That's things vegetarian say. Um, but uh, no, I'm joking. But uh, God, that's uh, that's uh, I. Th- yeah, it's um, linked to a little bit linked to what we talked about earlier. Uh, I would probably call it start again. Okay. Because yeah, you just start over and over again, and just, you know, there's nothing else. It just. Yeah, I think not, you've I, come up with a good band and album name there. The band is Start Again, and the album is It Wasn't Worth It. <laughs> it's also really funny. You start again, oh, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> start Again. I like that. Yeah. Good one. Dean, thank you very much Thanks for so much. this. Yeah, Sorry it was fun. a little bit difficult to organise. We've been okay. trying to keep in touch with them for bloody ages now. That, that was fun. Yeah, thanks so, for doing that, actually. Uh, that was really cool. You actually reminded me, but we. we yeah. <laughs> there we go. I hunted you. Down. Yeah, you actually found me. <laughs> so there we go. But uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It was good. A big thank you to Dean Schweitzer for appearing on this episode of BPM Pod. It's been really, really great to have you here. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. And if you would like to find out more about Tidal Wave, you can just type in Tidal Wave Music on any sort of search engine and it comes up pretty quickly. You can also go to Facebook, Instagram and the website as well. That's it for this week's episode. Coming up on the next episode, we will be talking to Lucas Castillo, a friend of mine, a guy very well known in the Berlin music scene and a guy who runs the open mic night that I'm at quite a lot at Lakshmi Bar on Rangelstrasse in Berlin. So any locals, if you know of that street or of that location or of that bar, definitely come along and you will meet myself and Lucas there. 
pretty frequently. We're there, we're there all the time. Uh, Lucas is there all the time, and I'm there pretty regularly. But what does he have to say about music and his life and his musical ambitions? Well, we'll find out in the next episode. But until then, stay safe, stay lucky, everybody, and see you soon.